Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. everybody, this is Courtney, and I'm so excited for this episode of InDoubt as we celebrate 200 episodes. It feels so good to be part of InDoubt, and I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish through these 200 episodes. To those of you who've been with us from the start, or if you've just started listening, and honestly, everybody in between, we just want to say a big thank you. We really appreciate you. The encouragement we receive from our listeners really makes a difference for us. This is a special episode, and we're doing it a little differently. Isaac, Joshua, and Daniel are here, and I put a bowl of random questions in front of them to answer. So I'll let them take over, and I hope that you enjoy episode 200. Well, thanks for joining us for episode 200. Uh, On this episode, we get to answer some questions about life, faith, and culture in sort of a rapid-fire shotgun approach. um, We have a bowl here full of... Uh, various topics, which we're just going to grab and, and, and just kind of go from there and, and see what kind of wisdom, maybe, <laughs> will we'll come from it. Anyways, I'm Isaac. I'm Joshua. I'm Daniel. And, and we're, we're your in doubt hosts. Thanks, Daniel. That was free. That was free. Yeah. And that's now the theme song. Yes. So our producer, Chris, is going to put that in front of every episode now of In Doubt. But make sure that's like, is that public domain? Because I don't know, if you do past eight notes consecutively something else, then it's not ours. Really? It's it, was, it was actually in seven, eight timing. So it was not <laughs> quite. <laughs> okay. Daniel, what's been going on in your life? Well, Isaac, uh, thank you for asking. My life has been very busy as of recent. And it's a similar, similar place than Josh. But uh, as of this recording, as of this moment, I'm engaged. But by the time... It is released, this episode, or depending when they release it, there's a very good chance I will be married. <laughs> and uh, so my, 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 my last uh, 10 weeks, we did a 10-week engagement, has just been a lot of wedding planning. 10 weeks. And so my life has become a lot of just wedding planning, which has been a really crazy, crazy time, awesome time, and I'm very, very excited. It's the, the final countdown now. Uh, my fiance Elise, and I are really excited about everything that's happening. So as far as my life, that has been very much on the top shelf. Something that I'm constantly... Would that be, that's maybe the wrong analogy, hey? The top shelf? No, I don't know. It's the <laughs> on the main shelf. <laughs> on so, the main shelf, yeah. So that's, priority. If you were to ask me what I'm doing with a lot of my time, it's just lots of little... So many little details. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That you never think about. Yeah. So yeah. planning a very big day. Uh-huh. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, are you going to ask me about, about my life? Yeah. What like, are, yeah. I mean, we're all just, we're all equal here. Guys, right? we're all just friends. Come on, yeah. <laughs> having a conversation. Yeah, you just looked at me like I should say something, so I'm going to. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I'm, you know, in a very similar boat to Daniel, although I haven't been engaged for uh, 10 weeks before uh, we'll be getting married, me and my fiance, Shalan. Uh, but by the same time that this episode's aired, I too will likely be married. Uh, not after 10 weeks, but after a six-month engagement. So that has been, been busy. It, it's been a, a pretty interesting season of life uh, for the last few months. I'm, I'm slowly transitioning out of the church that I'm working at right now. In, in the next couple weeks, um, I'll be stepping away entirely and, and pursuing a new ministry position somewhere. 
Um, so it's a little strange to be working at a church and everybody's full drive ahead and and I'm there still pushing and, and working and developing things, but at the same time knowing that in a couple weeks I'm stepping away. Um, so that's strange um, because I've been at the church for three years and they're very much a family to me. Yeah, getting married um, and then uh, all that comes with that transition and graduated from seminary in, in September. So oh, that, awesome. um, that thankfully that's off my plate, all the homework, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been a good season. I'm, I'm excited for what's ahead. God has proven himself time and time again to be faithful. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, actually it has been such a great blessing um, to be in this phase of, of waiting and, and seeing where God is calling us and directing us. And it has forced us, God has, has forced us to learn to be patient. Uh, and that has been, I think, really healthy for us both as a couple, because I think for the rest of our lives, we're going to be battling the desire to want to know and to want to go, um, mm-hmm. but to just follow God's lead. So, Awesome. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. kind of where my life is at right now. That's good. Yeah, Isaac, how about you? What, what's yeah. been new in your life? Well, uh, by the time that this is recorded, I will have been married just like I am today. <laughs> uh, still married, uh, which is awesome. So much fun. However, I was actually just talking to you earlier, Josh. If we if we want to keep it in the whole marriage kind of arena, this past Saturday I officiated my first wedding. Hey, so that cool. was that was really fun, and it was uh, it was just an awesome couple from our church, my wife and I, I mean, we told them they, they're young, obviously like my wife and I, and, uh, we told them, are you interested in premarital counseling? And we said, Hey, listen, like we are happy to do that with you, but you have to recognize that, you know, me and my wife were, we are only like three and a half years into this and you're not going to get the same kind of wisdom as someone who's much older. But I said, but Hey, you know, we can, we can, uh, you know, recommend you to another couple that we trust and we love and we'll do a great job or we're happy to do it too. And they were like, we want you guys to do it. So it was awesome experience to be able to sit with, sit down every, you know, Friday night for a little while and and it was just really beneficial for my wife and I as well. And we just all chatted about what does the Bible say about marriage and the roles of a husband, the roles of a wife and all this kind of stuff. So it was just really great to be able to sit with them and, and learn about that. And and then to do the actual wedding, which obviously we really tried to glorify God in it all in the midst of friends and family that did not know the Lord. So it just becomes a great testimony yeah. uh, as many funerals and marriages and other kind of celebrations like that can can do. So I really hope that through that, a family member or or someone, a friend, is like, oh wow, this is very, you know, this is very strange, you know, this yeah. is this is not like my the normal weddings that I've been to, you know. So, anyways, that's very been good. Cool. But yeah, I mean, just like you with at church and probably you with the church, well, I mean, it's the fall season, so there's just lots lots going on. Uh, but anyways, I'm I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking, Josh. Yeah, and I'm hey, you're certain, very welcome. Yeah, that's good. So, hey, uh, in front of us are these um, these little pieces of paper with topics. So, it's Josh, a bowl, of, bowl of questions. Bowl of questions. So we're just gonna uh, kind of rapid fire, and yeah, we're just gonna let's just do it. Okay. Just open it up and let's see. So Joshua is gonna open the okay. first one, and we'll and we'll see. Are we ready? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Oh wow. Okay. Is there another podcast that you would recommend? Anything you're listening to now? This is actually a good discussion on it because um, I go through, so for me, for podcasts, I definitely go through phases where I listen mm, to, totally. oftentimes I'll go like a lot of theology podcasts. Yeah. Right now, um, I have been listening to a ton of NFL podcasts, which has been so much fun. I've never done that during the season, but I, I love watching the NFL and love cheering for the Seattle Seahawks. But as I'm at the gym, I literally just am listening to people give game recaps and, and talk about the, the league. And it's actually, it gets your mind out of just study mode and it gets your mind out of just um, just doing theology. Because that's, I mean, when you work at a church and then you're doing your master's, like that can surround your world so much. I found it really relaxing just listening to these guys talk about the NFL. 
So hmm. each one's like an hour long, and they come out like three times a week. So okay. that, for me, uh, is what I've been listening to, and I would nice. recommend it. It's called Around the NFL. Around and the NFL? these guys just okay. sit around, and they talk about it, and they work for NFL Network. Oh, okay. But if you enjoy sports, it's sports radio is actually really – it's a nice uh, place to have a brain break ah, in that sense. Okay. So I I'd okay. highly recommend okay. well, listeners thanks, Dan. listen to that. Mm-hmm. Josh? That's cool. I, I love to always keep myself listening to sermons. I don't know. It's just something that both for my own soul um, to be constantly hearing the word. Because it's one thing for me to be reading the word in the morning. Uh, and that is such a fruitful time. It's another thing to, to be get in my car and then hear somebody preach the word to me and, and apply it to my life. Um, so Martin Lloyd-Jones, yes. um, the preaching of Martin Lloyd-Jones, his sermons are all, there's the, the Lloyd jo- Martin Lloyd-Jones Institute. They put out all his sermons that they've recorded. And he was a great preacher in the, the 20th century, the 1900s there. Um, he was one of the prominent ones prominent, in absolutely. England. He's a Welshman. Yep. Um, who ended up, he had a really strong ministry in Wales and then ends up at Westminster Chapel, right. right in, like, so just a short walk from Buckingham Palace. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And he's, he's just a brilliant preacher. He had, he had this passion, uh, both for, for doctrinal clarity that, that Christianity is a content of doctrine, it's truth, um, but at the same time, the sense of, of experiential the reality of Christianity, that to be born again is to enjoy a thriving yeah, spiritual life. Yeah. And and so you listen to him and you kind of get the sense that he's a little monotoned. Yeah. Um, I'd like to draw your attention to, to, to the oh, text yeah. of he did, And his Welsh... And, and, so, and the audio, the, it's funny because I, I, I listen to it. It's the MLJ Trust yep, sermons. Yeah, that's right. And they have, it's the audio from like the 1950s, yeah, yeah. 60s. Yeah. So, As we return to the Christian scripture. Yeah, and, yeah. and like it comes through like just the one yeah, earphone yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sort totally. of idea. Yeah. It's but anyway, so, so his, yeah. his preaching to me is is incredibly yeah, valuable. That's cool. Uh, I love to keep myself in yes. sermons through the week. So I, that would be the first one I'd recommend and I'd keep listening to. I enjoy the Ask Pastor John podcast. So yeah, for those who don't know, it's John Piper, and they started this. I don't know. I'm not sure when they started. I think 2012 or something like that. They started uh, the, and I think they come out two a week. And uh, any people just, it's very simple. Just that yeah, people ask questions through the email to John, and then he'll answer it. And they're usually about 12 to 15 minutes, pretty short. But it's great because one day it might be a very, you know, uh, theological question about. I, whatever, I don't know, something about the Trinity or something about, you know, what he's, fam- like Christian hedonism, which John Piper's kind of famous for. But then the next week, it could be something about, like, you know, what, what do we do about Santa Claus and mm. whatever. So it's it's just great. It's just yeah. really good. Uh, so I, I enjoy that. I also listen to sermons. I've uh, And I'll also, I think what you're saying, you kind of have these, tr- like, fads of, yeah, like, totally. you just binge listen to certain things. So I've been listening through um, David Platt at McLean Church, going through the traits of biblical church, 12 cool. traits of biblical church, yeah, doing that. Cool. I also was going through Preaching and Preachers when Martin Lloyd-Jones came to Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia and did a, a lecture on what is preaching. Yeah. They had and, that in audio form? Yeah. Wow. So that, because that became book. the book, Preaching and Preachers. Yeah. So he had, they have it in audio form and it's just excellent because he's not preaching. He's just right. lecturing just lecture, to yeah. students yeah. And, uh, and it's awesome. He had a huge disreverence for the word of God and for the spirit. And uh, the documentary, Logic on Fire, that yeah. kind of explains yeah. what you said. It's the logic he believes, but then it's on fire. It's like, Yes. And you can listen to that. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Lord Jones, he's so humble. Mm. He's so humble. And so I think the temptation for every single person who is a Christian is you you study apologetics, and then you're just like foaming at the mouth, excited (laughs) to get into a big debate with someone. Right. And uh, he, like for him to be like, no, that's not the point of this. Yeah. Sometimes is really... Uh, like that, that challenges me for sure. Cause yeah. I'm the type of person who wants to learn, store all the knowledge and then sure. just obliterate somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. that doesn't help them. No. Yeah. That's and that, good. That's, that's good. not necessarily building the kingdom. Like it's, it's, 
you're not going to win somebody to Christ through just like intellectual dominance and yeah. And so yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it's a good challenge. It is. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah, Daniel, do you want to take question one? number two? Let's do it. Let me hit a question. Isaac, what's one of your favorite parts about In Doubt, being that you've been here since the beginning, and then Joshua and Daniel, what has been a highlight for you since joining the In Doubt team? Okay, w- one thing would be its uh, connectedness to the greater ministry of Back to the Bible. I think that just creates a solid foundation uh, for the ministry of In Doubt. Uh, so having you know John Newfell, the Bible teacher here, uh, to be able to run things past, to participate in things that In Doubt does and stuff like that, just having someone that's just been through a lot, um, it just I think that makes it more credible. I think it makes it more uh, just founded and established rather than just you know if the three of us were just in my you know basement. Um, trying to talk about stuff, it's like okay, this is this is kind of you know structured in a greater group, so we have more accountability, which is very very important. That we're not just going off of what you know myself and Daniel and Joshua believe, but it's like okay, w- what we say will affect the reputation of Back to the Bible, and Back to the Bible has been around since <clears throat> I mean in the states it's been around for like seventy five years, and in Canada like sixty something like that. Yeah. So I, I, that's one of my favorite things about In Doubt. Cool. Yeah, uh, I would say. Two things. First, uh, I have loved working with a team of people who are on board with this mission, with the, the, the idea of engaging with difficult questions, um, meeting with guests from all over the world and talking them through. Um, to be working, working with a team who's good at what they do and passionate about what we do, like you guys, uh, that's been a great privilege. I've really enjoyed that. Um, second thing um, would be just the uh, opportunity that it presents me to engage with topics I wouldn't talk about. Like the, you mentioned this, I think, in one of the earliest, earlier podcasts that we were in together. But uh, um, the opportunity to sit down, even this afternoon, I was just, or this morning, I was um, interviewing Craig Douglas, who's the director of Timberline Ranch Camp. We were talking about um, a Christian's responsibility in the discipleship of kids. And, and not just your own kids, but there's kids in the church. There's kids in the families around in your community. Should I feel some responsibility to engage with them and disciple them? Uh, and that's a big question. I don't know if I would necessarily get there until maybe preaching through the word and come to the passages that right. speak on it. Um, unless suddenly I'm just presented with a conversation to do so. So yeah, I've enjoyed yeah, that. That's good. One of the highlights for me has been with Back to the Bible being such a, a strong place of teaching of the Bible. Right. Like where that's the main thing, everything else that that we do comes from that, like that framework. So, you know, no matter what, like whoever we're engaging with that, the the scripture, like we're not, I guess, straying away from what the Bible would say, but it's like always coming back to what it would actually say. So I've really one of the highlights has been feeling like, man, we have endless possibilities that we Mm -hmm. could we could do with with the In Doubt podcast, with Back to the Bible and and engaging people and uh, knowing that. No matter what we do, the the word of God will be completely uh, on display, yeah, and there's like good. no shame about it. So for me, uh, I guess the, the the dreaming and the vision stuff, and as, as we like are planning and doing stuff within doubt, and like the people we get to talk to, man, yeah, it's like it's cool. awesome. It's yeah. it's really great, and yeah, it's a huge privilege. And uh, seeing that this is such a good resource for young adults, like I wish I would have, um, you know, we were talking about podcasts. Like I wish I would have been listening to the In Doubt podcast when I was. I am a young adult still. But you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> you were definitely young. like, well, when I was... Before when you I was, were married. Oh. Yeah, before I was married. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. Isaac, you're up. All right, let's do this. Picking out another thing here. Uh, piece of paper. W- what is one book that you would recommend or that you are reading right now? Ooh, okay. All of Grace by Charles Spurgeon. 
first first book that comes to my mind every time somebody asks me of a book that I should read, it is Charles Spurgeon simply laying out the gospel, the free offer of grace um, that is to everybody um, to receive. And cool. it is such an excellent book. Every chapter, like I open, I got it for Christmas last year, opened it up, I couldn't put it down. I finished it in, oh, in like two days. That's awesome. Um, for anybody, for any, if you're a Christian and you know the gospel, to be reminded of the gospel with such a urgent plea, even for the Christian to remind themselves, this is this is the glory of God that that He sent Jesus Christ, uh, and then for the non-Christian, like it is such a powerful um, plea with the reader as he writes. He says, "Will you not accept this?" It's just mm-hmm. such a good mm-hmm. book. So that's first cool. immediately comes to my mind. That's All awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, one book that I, I've uh, found very encouraging and very uh, uplifting uh, was the autobiography of George Mueller. Mm, so yeah. he was in Bristol, England, and he set up these orphanages, infant orphan house, male, female orphan house. And the autobiography is basically his journal entry. So he he was always writing his journal constantly. And uh, what I love about George Mueller, two things. One is uh, his just dedication to holiness and godliness. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, when you read through his, uh, you know, for instance, one of his journal entries begins with him talking about how he was he was reading, but he was really he was really cold mm-hmm. as he was reading. So he got up to a different place because he was so cold. And then, and then later on, he's like, I, he just felt convicted about complaining about how cold it was when he should have just been like reading the Word of God. And when I read through, it, I'm like, wow. And then his his theology of sleep and how. Uh, important it is in terms of you know getting up early and and uh, uh, spending time in the Word of God and things like that. So it just totally kind of broadsides so much of us and our mm. our us centeredness yeah, when it comes to what good. we need in our rights and oh I need my sleep and oh I need this. It kind of like hits you inside of the head and be like wow here's a guy that was just like you know what the, what's more important is is waking up and eating the scripture. And then obviously he's famous for his prayer and that he he decided if I don't know if you guys knew about this but he never once made known their needs as uh, as the orphan house whether they were out of coal or bread or milk or whatever uh he just was him and his staff would get together constantly and just pray and i mean the the testimony is is that every single time they were like in literal literally utter poverty god would provide and mm. through a miraculous way right so he based his whole ministry on prayer uh which just when i first read that a few years ago it just like struck me and so my wife and i are kind of going through it again very cool uh so i i love i love that book if you just want to be inspired by the power of god through prayer that's that's a really and it's fun to read because it's journal right. entries totally like who it's, it's fun to read journal entries yeah. and they're short like short little journal entries it's fun yeah, you feel like you're getting, like, yes, I just read seven journal entries. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? Okay, I got two recommendations that I have. One that is a Christian book and one that's not. So Ooh, the, the NFL one... NFL podcast, non-Christian yeah, book. Yeah, yeah dude, you know, we're seeing the, a trend here. <laughs> diving in the secular here, my friend. The, no, no, so the, the book I would recommend uh, that is a, is a non-Christian book is a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death, mm. written by Neil Postman. He uh, wrote this... Because leading up to 1984, right, everyone was reading George Orwell's book mm. and terrified that 1984 would come come to pass, right? That, like, there would be this government that would be restricting everybody. Big Brother listening, you can't watch this, you can't do this, right? And uh, you can only read this. and, and he, like, Censorship. Yeah, censorship. And so people were terrified about that. And the whole premise of the book is he said that uh, 1984, it, the year came and went, and nothing happened, and, and society continued as it went. And he said, but there was actually a darker, more sinister prediction that was made by a guy named Aldous Huxley, mm-hmm. uh, like 70 years earlier or something like that, where he basically said, you know, 
people are so worried about there being no more books that are like being read that people aren't going to be allowed to read books. Huxley's prediction was that people will become so entertained that they won't even want to read books, hmm. right? They'll be so distracted that they won't even care to read books. And so his whole book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, is built on the premise that George Orwell was wrong, but hmm. Aldous Huxley was right. Interesting. And so he unpacks that and goes through how we moved from a, a society that was very literate, right? If you, if you look at the history of the New World in North America, uh, an enormously literate uh, place. Everybody read books, hmm. and like for a long period of time. But now we, we get bored of Twitter. Totally. Another book that I'd recommend... Um, to as a Christian book is not a very well known one, but it's called Tasty Jesus, and this huh. this guy's name is Brian Hurlbut. Uh, he's a he's a friend um, of mine, pastor in Salt Lake City. He wrote a book based on the five uh, Jesuses that he sees in America, oftentimes, mm. and uh, they're all named after a food. Right? You have the cream puff Jesus, which is the Jesus of liberalism. You have the uh, no carb Jesus, which is the Jesus of fundamentalism. The the smorgasbord, which is like the postmodern Jesus, where it's like a buffet. And he has two other ones, but he basically breaks down all of these different. Hmm. Um, Christianities, right? Yeah. That you see, and he says hmm. how each one of them actually isn't the, the true one we need. So hmm. it's if you want to have some sort of history and background of of Christian thought and how certain trends come about. Cool. Tasty Jesus, recommend it. Interesting. That's awesome. Very, Very cool. Yeah. All Josh, right. Dip your hand in the bowl. Okay. Here's a good one. What's one thing that you think young adults are struggling with today? I mean, it's, it's hard because you know you don't want to paint a too large brush. We don't know everyone's hearts and their minds and, and the things that they are going through. But but generally, I I might want to say with caution that perhaps just a, a struggle with uh, just discipline themselves to godliness, hmm. I, I think. I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but I just, I just kind of catch that vibe that a passion for holiness that's not just a, a legalistic kind of thing, but a holiness that's rooted and founded uh, uh, from the gospel uh, is something that I think many young adults uh, struggle with. And part of it is because of where we live. And we're just, I, seriously, like in North America, I mean, yes, there is physical poverty in North America, absolutely. But there's many that aren't. Uh, but the spiritual poverty is very, very large. And I think that's partly because we are just inundated with material things just constantly mm-hmm. and, and transportation and all these different things that allow us to always have something to do that always seems more fun than going to your room and reading the Bible, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? So, uh, and I'm not saying that's the only kind of form of spiritual discipline. Reading, I think there's spiritual discipline that you can do with others and things like that. Absolutely, um, but I, I would think that's just one thing that we struggle with is just a uh, an actual passion, a zeal, a want to want God mm-hmm. so much so that you'll you'll sacrifice this for that when it comes to that. But, anyways, mm-hmm. what do you think, Josh? Um, my first thought when I think of a when I think of a Christian young adult, um, I think of uh, maybe a lack of taking our spiritual lives seriously. So, in, in, I think this is a very similar yeah. point to what you just said. But um, you know, I, I think one of the things that I struggle with, and I think maybe this is every Christian, but maybe it's just me. I don't know. Uh, I struggle with my prayer life. Um, and you Josh, know, it's just you. Is it just You're me? The only oh. one. You know, that's not as encouraging as I was hoping for. Um, but I was just reading, I, I was reading Martin Lloyd-Jones, and uh, he makes this comment where in, in one of his lectures on preachers and preaching, how prayer is one of the key indicators of your spiritual life. Uh, if you look at your prayer life, you look at the quality of your prayer life. Uh, and then he says at the end of one paragraph, he says, I don't know whether this means that I'm struggling spiritually or not, but sometimes, often, I wake up in the morning and I struggle to pray. 
Uh, and I thought I found that encouraging. So I'm yeah, not alone. Yeah. Daniel yeah. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Yeah, you have Martin Lloyd-Jones <laughs> in your stuff. <laughs> so, right. I'll take it. Um, but to be able to look and actually say, okay, am I struggling spiritually? And being able to seriously accept it if I am, to not brush it away and say, well, I, it's not something I want to deal with. God's grace, God's grace, God's grace. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely, God's grace. But to be able to seriously look and say, okay, but he has given me this blessing of a thriving life with him, a reconciled relationship. Am I enjoying that? Am I even honoring him in the way that I accept this gift? Am I throwing it away? What am I doing with all of these privileges? I see that in myself. And so I wouldn't be surprised if others maybe feel the same. Yeah, I was going to add one thing to the the prayer item is I think we can we can follow the like routine of praying and then it turns into like a works righteousness thing totally. where we think that like i'm not praying enough i'm not a good enough christian and that's that's totally the, a really discouraging thing that i I've, I've had in my life right where you're like man i haven't been praying and uh, i must really be struggling and then you begin to think well i'm going to pray more i'm going to do this more and do this more and you try and do it out of a place to like please god yeah absolutely rather than knowing that god he just loves you it, regardless, and he, and I think that quote by Low Jones saying like I, I do need help, I am struggling, is so true of everyone. And so even surrounding prayer, it's just this humbleness that like, man, we we're all kind of a disaster in different little ways and at different seasons it, that looks different for everyone. But ultimately, we just need the, it, the the simple prayer of just calling on God in this moment, like Lord, I just need you through the day. Like, can you Holy Spirit give me strength uh, to continue through this? Right? Like, those are the types of prayers that God loves, too. Um, I would say the thing that young adults, I think Christians and non-Christians are really struggling with is loneliness. Mm. And we're more connected than ever. We have more social media connections than ever, right? We know what everybody's doing at every different time. Uh, but we're so lonely. In the literature, if you read any books on it, if you read studies on it, uh, young adults are so lonely. And they don't have community. They don't have people that they're gathering around frequently and oftentimes it's a lot of sitting on their Instagram watching other people hanging out totally. and being like why was I invited to that or there's other studies where they were like lots of young adults or high school kids are texting each other saying hey who, what are you doing what are you doing and everyone's trying to figure out what they're all doing so they're not left out but they're just sitting at home alone and uh, so loneliness is something that's that's just so prevalent in our culture and this is just where I love the local church is the local church has existed since the beginning as a place of gathering and community. Because in your prayer life, doing that alone, while it's a discipline that is a good thing, just going it alone your entire life, you won't be able to do it. Like, you cannot do it alone, right? Finishing the race of faith, you will not finish that race alone. And so the church is a place to gather and be with other people. You pray together, right? So like if you're yeah, someone who's like, I'm not praying a whole lot, you know what? Going to a Bible study and you know that you're gathering with other people, you're going to actually end up praying. And that's like, you know, you implement that into your schedule, that becomes a discipline, right? Mm-hmm. But doing it together, hearing the word together. So the, the thing that is so such a big deal is our, our culture is struggling with this, this lack of purpose, with this lack, lack of, I don't know anyone, there's, I have no one who cares about me. And uh, the local church finding community is one of the things that like is is such a big thing. And I would just encourage every young adult who listens to this: find a community, find people who are chasing after the same God that you are, right? And and just get around them and share life together, yeah. and it'll it'll change you. Still good. Okay, let's do it. What do we think about online dating? Ooh, now there's a good question. That is actually a very it's, good question. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So my sister and husband met each other through eHarmony. Yeah. Same with my sister. Yeah. Or sorry, my brother and him. And uh, same with me. Oh yes, dude. I was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I met my right. fiance online. Okay. On so Bumble. what do you well, think yeah, about us, online? Yeah. So dude, us. I'm I'm all for it. I'm so for it. I'm and surprised. The, the, the reason that I'm really for it is because I think about it like this. We're in the modern world. And everybody is has like an online presence in general, but the way I see it is almost like like a dating app, or whatever. It's like an advertisement, right? So as people are like swiping left or right or whatever it is, you you have the opportunity to meet people that you would usually just never meet in general. And so that's exactly like my my fiance was living in North Van, but somehow like we connected online. It's like I probably never would have met her. It was funny though. Afterwards, we realized we have all these mutual friends, so there's maybe a slight chance that we would have. But I'm all for it. One because it worked for me, but two, I I, th- I see it as a, as, it's like it's like free advertising, you know. And because in the same way, you could say, oh, that's really that's really shallow. You're just only looking at their looks. But at the same time, if you show up to like a church function, right? You'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm attracted to that person, right? It just so happened that we cross paths. Well, I, I view it the same way. I'm like, it just so happened that you cross paths online. And uh, what matters ultimately is like that you do connect yeah. and meet and yeah. then form your relationship around Christ. So, but as an on-ramp, like to make that happen, I'm so for it. Yeah. I was going to say it was, it was the looks of my wife that made me go talk to her for the first time when she was in the library. Chat down. Well that's like, I mean, that's just all it was. I mean, what else is there at that point? <laughs> I know it's terrible to say that. But then as you start talking, you're like, oh, but, actually, I actually love this person and, we, and yeah. what, who they are. Totally. Oh. And because looks, <clears throat> looks aren't everything, but no. looks definitely like you want to have an attra- attraction to the person. Yeah. And that looks different for everyone. Sure. Everyone has different, like, there'll be people, that person's like, oh, that person's so attractive. And the other one's like, I just don't, I just don't see it. Yeah. Right. But then yeah. they're attracted to someone else who's yeah. completely different. So we're all wired differently in that sense. Sure. But again, just because I think we often diminish the, right. the thing that attraction plays into it. But sure. it, it, totally. is, it a, is a part yeah. of the relationship. Ask you this then on the dating software that mm-hmm. you used. Two questions. One, how much information did you plug into it for the other person to see? And then how did that affect your guys' first meeting when you're like, I already know all about you kind of thing? So, how did that work? Yeah. So we met on an app called Bumble. Okay. And there was not much information there. Okay. The thing that was critical, though, is you, you can have a little bio. You can tell yourself a little bit about who you are. Okay. But you can put what religion you are in there. Oh, okay. And so, okay. 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 So, um, you know, uh, my fiance, when she saw that, like, mine, I'm a Christian. Yeah. Right? That's Two a big things. Thing. You're a Christian and your hair. Right. And I had some long hair. Yeah. And she's like, Sold. I want some of that long hair. <laughs> and he's a Christian. <laughs> no, no, no. Wow. No, but the, uh, um, the, you can, you get to have a little bit of a bio. Okay, okay, okay. So okay. it wasn't like, it wasn't going to affect it in terms of like, it make your. No, you but know. I mean, someone could even have that like, oh, they're a Christian. You meet them and they're yeah. like, oh yeah, I go to church on Easter. And yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. well, like, oh, are you. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, or yeah, they, oh, gotcha. I grew up as a Catholic. Like they, they could put that. But it's not a good indication of their actual faith walk. Sure. Okay. In that sense. Okay. So that's, again, where, like, I'm all for online dating for the initial, like, yeah. contact. But then, like, actually getting to know the person. you got to do that in, in person. Yeah, that's good. You know, I, I, one of the things that I had to wrestle with um, what, as I was meeting Shalane, well, I'd, I'd known her for three years. But as we started up this conversation about being more than just friends, I, I, I came to this conclusion as I searched the scriptures that marriage, marriage is a calling. It's a calling to represent Christ in his church. That's it's what it is. It's what it's been from the beginning. And so when I established that, uh, I begin to shape this idea of dating, that, that dating is simply my exploration and my affirmation of that calling with one particular person. Uh, so that I'm as I pursue dating somebody, I'm actually saying, I'm actually exploring whether or not God has called me to marry this person. 
right? So that you you have this framework of saying, yeah, okay, yes, God has called me to image Christ in his church with this person. Or, you know what? I actually, I'm getting the sense that God isn't calling me here. So I think, I think online dating sites can just be a tool in that yeah. process. I was going to say, though, you say that, that's so good. Now, you know, people are listening right now, they may, maybe they're married. Yeah. And if they didn't do mm. that, what could you, like, what, what kind of encouragement could you give them that they're already committed now? Totally, totally. that was not their, that was not right. their way into it. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it, how do you know if you're called to marry somebody while well, you're married to that person? You're right. called to marry that that's person. That's not your calling. Exactly. You you, yeah. you, your calling now for the rest of your life is to imitate Christ and his church. Uh, you've made a covenant, and that covenant, the way you live within it, is going to reflect the gospel of That's Jesus so Christ. Good. Yeah. So yeah, I, when you, you're married, you're you're in it. Yeah, I love it. One of the images I thought was so helpful looking into dating and then marriage now is the idea that you have two runners, right? And you have people who are running after Christ. And as you look around you, as you're running your race, right, you're looking around. And as you're running, you might be like, oh, that person's cute. Right, and maybe you want to run over next to them and talk to them. Yeah. But or then you're like, <laughs> and you're like, you know what? They maybe aren't running the same speed as I am, or we don't really have like good, like much in common or something. You <laughs> sorry, know? I'm faster or, than you. Yeah, sorry, I'm faster. <laughs> but like, there might be people who oh, actually they stop running. You know what I mean? The I think in marriage, the image that has been so helpful is like you want to find someone that you're running, and you're running beside, and you're like, whoa. Like, I want to keep running beside you. Yeah, yeah. Actually, kind of, let's keep running. Let's run the entire thing together. We're going yeah. to the same destination. So you you link together yeah. and you make that covenant. To, like, we're going to finish the race together. Together, yeah. That's so good. It's awesome. Another question? Come on. Okay, here we go. This is going to be the best one, maybe. Uh, what, what was a specific time that you had questions slash doubted your faith? And what did you do about it? Days of doubt. I'll go first, man. Yeah. The, the, fir- the first time that I really had like a lot of questions was in grade eight because we mm. studied, we did a class, I was at a public school, but we still did a unit on the world religions. And so that was the first time, and I, I grew up in a Christian home, my dad's a pastor, but the first time that I had like, whoa, I there's all these other religions, what do I mm. do with that? And are they all true? Like, why did these people, like, are, are all the, the Muslims in the world, are they wrong? Right. And uh, I remember just, I had a, my dad took me to Red Robin, and he just began to kind of just talk through it with me. But that was the the first time that I was like, hmm. "Whoa, hmm. is this all?" That and I just remember from there, it's been slowly like to, to fight that off or to to grow to grow my faith. Ultimately, yeah. I had yeah. to find the answers to that, and some of that comes through reading and listening to the podcasts and stuff. But that was a time where I was, how did the question put it? That uh, you doubted your but faith. I doubt, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. Yeah. definitely a doubt there. I'm like, wait a minute, there's other beliefs, mm-hmm. and so I have to actually, and not that doubts are like. Doubts can be really helpful because that actually pr- propelled me into yeah, yeah. going deeper and and like saying no, I will be a Christian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was a really that was yeah in eighth grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or grade eight as we say in Canada. Yeah, that's right. How about you, Isaac? Uh, for myself, um, well, one, I, there's kind of two things I would say. One was uh, after I think it was during grade eleven, grade twelve, uh, or eleventh, twelfth grade, and uh, that was definitely a time where. But you know what? It wasn't like a. Uh, you know, yours was, it made sense. You were thinking about, you know, Muslims and everything. For me, I was just thinking about myself. At that time, I just wanted to to party mm. and have fun. So yeah. I, I, I just was like, oh, I don't think it's real. And then, like, I just, you know, doubted. But I was just more rebelling uh, in that in that season. But I would also say this, that, I, I mean, I, I it can happen all the time, doubting my yeah. salvation. Like, even up to this, like, day, basically. Like, I, it can happen more or less. Um, all the time where, and I joke with my wife sometimes about it. I'm like, we joke about a certain like recent year. I was like, maybe I was saved then, you know, because I just don't know. And, I, you know, growing up in a Christian home and I, you guys were both 
gripping Christian homes. I don't know if you guys have like a conversion moment. I don't. I have no idea when I was, you know, converted. Um, so it always makes me beg the question, like all through my like Bible college years, I'm like, was that, what was I doing this for? Like, I don't, I, what were, where was my, you know, where was, where was my motivations, where were my tensions and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, what really helps, so I just want to let everyone know who's listening, like I, I can struggle with doubting my faith you know, a lot, maybe yeah. not to a degree that's like, I'm going to leave the church kind of thing, but just in little ways here and there. So don't hear me wrong there. Uh, but one thing I always come back to, which is so helpful is I'll ask myself, like, Isaac, what do you most desire? Do you desire to know Christ? Mm-hmm. Do you desire to commune with him and abide with him in a way that you never have before? Do you want to commune with him uh, in a very, you know, strong way, like, like a branch to the vine kind of thing? And I'm, I'm always like, oh, yes. Yes. And I'm like, if I was not saved, then that would not be a desire yeah. uh, that I would have. Uh, so I will always come back to them like, oh, that's right. That's 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 so good. So anyways, that's that's what I would say. What yeah, about you, Josh? That's good. Uh, you know, I, I have a very similar story to you. I, I look back and I was raised by some very godly parents. But but through my young life, um, when I was in elementary school and high school, yeah, I sure didn't live like I believed God right. was who he says he was. And he right. sent his son to do what he did. Um, so I would say that that in terms of doubting my faith, uh, it's it's never been like you, Daniel, an intellectual sense of, well, oh, there's all these other options. How right. can I be sure this is the right one? I, I've never come to that because there's just been a conviction, mm-hmm. I think, by my parents raising me up in, in, in the instruction of the Lord and simply, and this is God's grace. I have to say that, um, that I, I've never doubted that. But but I sure have doubted myself um, yeah. time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I would say the same thing. There's never been a moment in my life when I knew I look and look back and say that was the moment. Right. A few that I wonder. Sure. Um, but but I think it, it was the Puritans who would say that sometimes it would simply be the soft light that becomes brighter and brighter and yeah. brighter as you That's go. Good. Right. Really good. God does it when he does it. Yeah. He makes yeah. you, he births you again. You're, yeah. you're a new creation yeah. uh, and you just kind of discover it. But, but along the way, it's, that's a bumpy road because you come face to face with your sin and you think, well, how could I possibly be saved yeah. if that's what's going on in my heart right now? Oh, yikes. Um, yeah. And, and you come face to face with it and then you come back to the grace of God. Yeah. That's yeah. So I think, and to that, cause I, I mean, I kind of have a similar story, like growing up in a Christian home, didn't really have a massive rebellion phase, hmm. but and so that was always a hard thing, being like, man, my testimony, you hear people who like have really crazy testimonies, walked away from the faith. Right. Yeah. Uh, listening to NFL podcasts. Yeah, right. yeah listening yeah, to yeah. NFL podcasts. Yeah, but uh, um, people who, they, they have a real dramatic story and they come back and the their testimony of how God worked in their life is incredible. Hmm. And we can all think of those people in our in our minds, right? Whether it was like drug addiction and now hmm. they're, they're a believer and they're yeah. clean or something. And I would look at my life and be like, hmm. my life was just, <laughs> I was a Christian. I never really rebelled. And I was like, did God really use my story? Hmm. But I, I actually learned that it's also grace, the fact that I'm a Christian Absolutely. in the sense that like, if you look at the prodigal son story, right, I'm the older brother. They have the younger brother who runs off and has this crazy lifestyle and actually comes back. Yeah. But the the older brother stays and he becomes like this legalist and he does all these things to earn God's favor. And it's only by yeah. grace that the, the rebellious, but also the 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 righteous, let's mm, say, or the, mm-hmm. the legalist person yeah, yeah, who, yeah. like, they only come to believe out of grace, too. Yeah, so yeah. it's by the grace of God that I'm not, like, just, you know, a Pharisee or, yeah. or however you want to call it, right? Sure. It's, yeah. Ultimately, it was the grace of God 
in pulling me and saving me from that fundamentalism and right. that legalism and yeah. bringing me to grace. So yeah. whatever the testimony is to anyone yeah. listening, like yeah. you could have really wandered off or you could have been near. The yeah. fact that you are close is it's grace on it's both grace. sides. Yeah. Grace upon grace. About a year ago uh, on the Know podcast, we had a guy named Derek Wishmaui hmm. on. He's author, blogger. And uh, when I asked him like what his testimony was, he said the, the highlight of his testimony was 2,000 years ago. Christ on the cross. I just never heard that before. Someone yeah. just saying that the highlight of my testimony, I was expecting like when I was 22 years old and blah, blah, blah. Right. But it was like, no, it was actually what Jesus did on the cross, yeah. the grace, uh, which I just, I was like, ah, that's, that's really good. So it kind of levels us all out. We all have the same testimony mm-hmm. in, in many ways. Okay. I got another question here. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah. I'll pull one out. What are you most excited for during the Christmas season? I, you know, this is going to be the first Christmas uh, that my fiance and I will share being married. So I'm just excited to figure it out, you know, like it's now you're merging two families. Um, so we're going to spend some time with my family and we're going to spend some time with her family. We're going to spend some time together. Uh, I'm excited to just navigate all of that. But really, it, it is family for me. I love my family. I've been very, very blessed, both with my own parents, but also with Shalane's parents. They're a godly couple. Uh, and so I'm thoroughly excited to just be with them and enjoy the season with them. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I'm incredibly honest, I'm excited for just time off. <laughs> I mean, I know I respect that. you were going to say that too. Okay. No, uh, <laughs> it's true. I'm just, I'm really excited. I'm going to try to take as much time as I can off, which I'm just really looking forward to with my family. And I also love family and uh, my family is just, uh, I'm so blessed, so grateful to God for my family. So we'll hang out with them. Yeah. What I'm most excited about during the Christmas season, uh, I love feasting. Do you know what? Sorry, really you cool? say fasting? Feasting, oh, dude. Sorry. There's times of fasting, there's times of feasting, but I think as Christians, <laughs> like we don't... That's Ecclesiastes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, there's a time. There, you know, the oftentimes, I think, uh, if you look through the, the, the history of the church, when they feasted, dude, they were doing it out of a real celebratory time. Mm-hmm. And so gathering around a table and eating awesome yeah. food is such a, yeah. a way to actually, like, spend time in community with one another. That's right. And, like... It's such a unique time to to remember Christ. Yeah. And so when you feast at Easter, right, it's a celebration. At Christmas, yeah. I think it's a celebration. And so I, I always look forward to the different cheeses that I didn't know existed. But Christmas yeah. time is all these different cheeses come totally. out. Huh. And uh, trying all those and, That's awesome. and That's eating very cool. food, man. Yeah. That sounds great. Very cool. Anyways, let's let's wrap this up. Um, what's coming up for In Doubt? What are some conversations that you guys have uh, um, had, which are going to be coming out soon, or conversations that you know are going to happen? Um, and this is, I guess, be after this comes out, so like yeah. into November, yeah. December. I've, I've got a couple podcasts that uh, that I've recorded. I, I met with uh, Mike Sambrick, who's an executive coach here in, down in the Lower Mainland, British Columbia, uh, and he. We just had a conversation about spiritual growth. How do I, as a as a young adult, plan, look twenty years, thirty years, forty years down the road, and say, I want to be a man of God? Mm. How can I stand right now and make decisions in my life to get myself on the trajectory to be there cool. so that I'm not looking and saying, that's a pipe dream. Hopefully I'm there one day and do yeah. nothing about it. Yeah. So we were talking about just tangibly that. And then I also uh, chatted with Craig uh, Craig Douglas, who I was telling you about, and we were talking about um, kids. How, how does a Christian yeah. engage yeah, yeah, with yeah. kids? Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for both those conversations. Cool. They'll, be, they'll be airing pretty soon. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Some of the ones that I, I just, re- we've recorded one recently with Mark Sayers, mm-hmm. who's a cultural writer. Uh, based out of Australia. Yeah, and so yeah. us being two Commonwealth countries, Australia and Canada, similarities, we differences. Yeah, man, it was that was a really good conversation. Cool. So what did you guys talk about? Oh dude, you'll have to listen to the podcast. Okay. Isaac. Sounds good. <laughs> no sneak previews. <laughs> no sneak previews. Uh but dude, we talked about similarities. We talked about the uh h- how we operate in a postmodern world mm. and mm. even a little bit of tad of uh, Pelagianism Ooh. and how that inter 
affects us today Yikes. as well as cultural outrage. And uh, have a conversation coming up with John Tyson, who's a pastor in New York City. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to that one as well. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, coming up, uh, talking with Tony Ranke, who actually hosts the Ask Pastor Dude, John Dude, you're going to, yeah, you get to oh, meet Tony. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's written a book a couple years ago, 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing. And so he's a very much a technology kind of guy. And he's just written another one uh, called Competing Spectacles, I think mm. it's called. So anyways, we'll be talking about uh, how to be like a faithful Christian in the digital world. So cool. anyways, very cool. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Um, anyways, that was really fun. That was fun. That was fun. Should do it again sometime. We mm-hmm. will. We will do that again. Thank you, uh, Dude, Courtney. 200 episodes, man. Yeah. Crazy. Come on, I feel like awesome. I've only been here for like 15 yeah. or less. Yeah. <laughs> but Isaac, you have <laughs> been here a very long time. Uh, with a small hiatus, yes. The sage. A small hiatus. Yes, sage yes. among us. But uh, we should thank Courtney. Yes. Uh, for she is the one that kind of sets us all up with all these different people and everything. So she's awesome. If so all of you listening, that's that's awesome. And you hear her at the beginning and the end of the podcast. And uh, Chris, right? The man behind the, the glass. Man. <laughs> Oof, he's legend. awesome yeah he is his wife babysits my daughter every week so I'm very thankful for their family um, but anyways that's a point that's relevant so let's just say uh, goodbye yeah thanks for listening yeah, thanks, thanks for listening sign off with the da 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 We had so much fun with this episode and I hope that you've laughed at least a little bit and found some encouragement through the silliness let us know what you think of this episode And if there's anything that you want us to go more in-depth on, shoot us a message on social media or email me at info at indoubt.ca. On next week's episode, Joshua sits down with executive life coach Mike Sambrook talking about spiritual growth and discipleship. So I hope that you join us then. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.